Well, I hope you've had a great week. Um, and you've been praying for our government. <laughs> Do you know, sometimes I think that maybe Christians can wonder if we're meant to get involved in politics. But we are supposed to because the Bible commands us to pray for those in authority. And um, most of the time, if you're commanded to pray for something, you most of the time you're authorized to speak into it. And so we want to be actively partnering with the Holy Spirit in being um, God's kingdom citizens in this nation to see the purposes of God and the will of God come to pass. And um, like I said a couple of weeks ago, as an individual, you are a very crucial part of the body of Christ. You know, the body of Christ is like a puzzle. If you pull just one out, it loses its um, beauty, it loses its meaning. And so it's very important that every one of us, we have this consciousness of responsibility that God has given us as human beings, but also as, as part of the body of Christ. Um, and you are so key to God's kingdom work. You know, one of the biggest things that you would learn from God is to see how important you are within God's economy in what God is doing. Come on. <laughs> so let's just continue to pray for those in leadership. Let's pray that God's kingdom will come to pass. His will will be done. Amen. Amen. Okay. So we've been uh, looking at Engaging our victory, engaging the victory of Jesus Christ in spiritual warfare. Um, I started by highlighting the fact that there is a battle going on. Um, before we, we go into that, let's, let's read our text, Ephesians 6, from 10 through to 20. Ephesians 6, 10 through to 20. He says, finally... Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic power, powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil, in the heavenly realm. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and our shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times, 
in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that the words, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. Amen. So we started by highlighting um, that there is a battle going on that we were born into. You know, uh, God is producing his family day in and day out. God is more family-minded. You know, even when you think about the kingdom concept, it still has the family idea in it. So to be a believer, you have to be born into the family of God. And so we, we have been born into this bat battle which is going on, a battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, where the kingdom of God is actually pushing out darkness. It's not just... The kingdom of darkness opposing us, no. Um, this morning I was saying to Susie, we were talking about something. I said to her, Do you know, we are winning every day. Yeah. The kingdom of God is increasing. Jesus used um, yeast as an illustration of the kingdom of God. And so that means that every day the kingdom is taking ground, whether we can see it or not. And so we have been born into this battle um, as individuals. And um, one of the things John said was, we know that the Antichrist is soon coming. But then he said, the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. And the word anti means against. So there is a contrary force that is operative in this world at the moment. Even in your own life. The Bible said your flesh is always contrary to the spirit. The ideas, the mindsets that we have grown with, they're contrary to the reality of who God is. So there is a conflict. There is something that is opposing the reality of the kingdom of God. And we have been born into it. We've been given the privilege and the power to prevail against darkness. And then last week we looked at the fact that this battle is happening in the unseen realm. But then the physical realm, the seen realm, becomes where uh, the, the influence of this battle is felt. So everything we see, the kind of uh, darkness, the perversion, the, you know, all the kind of chaos that is happening, it finds its root in the unseen realm. And so as children of God, the Bible says that we have to walk by the Spirit. We have to be spiritually minded. That means that you have to think about your life with a spiritual perspective. You have to think about your children, your marriage, your work environment. Everything you are involved in, you must see it from a spiritual perspective if we are going to be effective in enjoying that victory we have in Christ. And then we looked at some few examples of how uh, the spiritual realm influences the natural realm. But today we're going to be looking at our victorious power and authority. 
in spiritual warfare. The fact that we have victory and we have authority and power. We want to focus on that this morning. Now, we have power and authority and victory over Satan and the kingdom of darkness. As a child of God, you have, not you will have, no, as you are seated here right now, embedded inside of you as a child of God, is the power and authority that is needed to resist the influence of darkness both in your life, in your environment, and in any place God has called you to be. Think about that for a moment. We have power. And you know, um, there are times you feel powerless. <laughs> Most believers don't speak as if we have power and authority. When, you, when you've had a... When you... You have watched any situation with the police or you've been stopped with, by the police before. The police, they speak with authority. They don't speak in doubt. Do you know, if the police is even sent to go and arrest a member of parliament, they will speak to them with authority because they are authorized and they know it. And as children of God, we have the power and the authority of God. Now, Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me, both in heaven and on earth. Let's look at Matthew 28, 18. We'll quickly look through some scriptures and we come back to Ephesians 6. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus said, All authority. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority, not some. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, the Bible says that if we are children, then we are heirs of God and joint heir with Jesus. That means that everything that Jesus has taken delivery of through the fact that we have the spirit of God, we equally share in that aspect that he has taken delivery of. And in this case, authority. So when Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, and then he says, go. That means there's nothing that has been given the right to hold you back because all authority has been given to me. And because we are joint heir, and then also what makes us children of God is the spirit of Christ. The Bible says he who doesn't have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So what makes you a child of God is the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christ has all authority in earth and in heaven. Think about that for a moment. 
This is so important. And so we have authority. Let's look at Luke 10, 19. Luke 10, 19. Jesus said, I give, behold, I have given you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. These are serious scriptures. These are serious realities of who we are in Christ Jesus. Now we're talking about our identity in Christ. The fact that that identity carries God's power and God's authority. And Jesus saying that I have given you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. You know, most of the time, um, there are certain streams within the church who don't believe that, you know, miracles and all those things are happening uh, at the moment. They will normally argue with the scriptures, the New Testament scriptures, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, limiting it to the disciples. And that sounds like a good argument, but you cannot argue out the fact that the reason we are called children of God is the spirit of Christ. God gave his spirit to us. He didn't give us another spirit. And it is within the confinement of this spirit that the power and the authority of God resides. So if you have the spirit of God, which you do as a child of God, then you have this power and this authority inside of you. Now let's look at Ephesians 1, 19 through to 23. Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, I have given you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions. That means that we can resist the enemy at will when he comes against us. And we can also go into our community and impact it with the light of God. Ephesians 1, 19. This is Paul praying. Let me just look at the New Living, New International Version. Paul was praying here from 18, from 19. He'd been praying that the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened. Now look at this. That you may know. It's not that you may have, that you may know. And he was actually praying for the Holy Spirit to open us up to what we already have in Christ Jesus. And verse 19 highlights one of the things that we have. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? That word towards in the Greek uh, talks about the power in us. The power in us who believe. According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So Paul is talking about the power of God inside of us. And he's likening this power to that same power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead. And seated him 
at his right hand in the heavenly places. 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the age that is to come. 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Paul is saying that this power in us is the same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. And then we read in 1 Corinthians 1.24, the Bible says, Christ, the power of God. We're looking at the fact that God's power is inside of you as a believer. But this power, Paul said, is above every rule. It's above every authority and power and dominion. It's above every name that is named. Now listen to this. Not only in this age. In the age to come. Now that, that's just like a mystery. And then he said this. And he put all things under his feet. Now listen to this carefully. The church is the body of Christ, right? And so whenever the Bible says the feet, he's talking about the church. So this is showing us that the power and authority that God has given us and he has completed something within that context is that he has put all things under the feet of the church. It's clear here. And he put all things under his feet. <laughs> his feet is the body of Christ. Now think about that for a moment. Now, this should change things in our thinking. He has put all things under your feet. So it means that it doesn't matter what you are going through right now. God has put that situation under your feet. The question is, would you believe and would you accept that? That's the challenge. And, and so you've got two things. What you're seeing on the outside. And what we're seeing in the spirit. The Bible says we have to walk by faith, not by sight. And faith meaning that you believe and accept the word of the Lord, and what God has accomplished in Christ Jesus on your behalf. So God is saying he has put everything under your feet. Okay. Hebrews 2, verse 5 through to 8. Let's read that. Oh, man. Lord, help us. We don't have enough time.
Hebrews 2, 5 through to 8. Hallelujah. Okay, Hebrews 2, 5. Now listen again. Now look, Paul was saying he has put all things under his feet. Look at what the Hebrew writer also wrote. He says, for it, it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Did you hear that? So don't allow Satan to present something to you. <laughs> and he's trying to convince you that you don't have, you can't help it. A believer should never say, I can't help it. And whenever we say that, it's not because we are looking at the reality of who we are. It is because we're focused on the present circumstance. And we've allowed Satan to get us to magnify that situation above the reality of who we are and who Christ is in us. So he's saying, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now look at what he said. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. This is serious, man. He left nothing outside his control. And I know Hebrew is alluding to Genesis where God says, the Bible said God blessed them and said, you know, have dominion over the earth. So we can see that God has not only given us power, but he has authorized us. Meaning that he has put everything in subjection to us within the confinement of the will of God and the purposes of God in and through our lives. Now, that means that we have this power, we have this authority, we also have peace. And you know, peace is a power, man. Peace is a power. When the storms were blowing on the boats, Jesus went at the bottom of the boat and he slept. That is a powerful way to live. Anyone who can be at peaceful in the midst of a storm. That's a power. That's a power that comes out of your spirit. That's a divine nature. It's part of the divine attributes of God that we have inherited because of Christ. We have joy. We have grace. We have love. We have holiness. We have wisdom. We have strength. We have supernatural protection. We have the presence of God. We have the character and the nature of God inside of us right now. But there was a phrase in uh, Spider-Man, I think maybe someone will remember, and his uncle told him, 
anybody who likes Marvel. When his uncle was dying, uh, what's his name? What's that guy's name? What's his name? His uncle was called Ben. And Spider-Man, what's his name? Oh, Peter, Peter what? Oh, yeah, Peter Parker. He was frustrated with everything that was happening to him. And then his uncle said, with great power comes great responsibility. And it is true. Now, we have quickly seen this power that God has invested in you. As you sit here, that power that God used to raise the dead inside of you. But that power comes with great responsibility. This is so important for us to realize. And so Paul in this text of scripture, Ephesians 6, is actually calling us to take responsibility in the power and the authority that God has given us to resist the influence of darkness and to release the light of God in any situation. So he starts again by saying, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong. That means that, you know, stir up the strength of God inside of you. Not being strong in yourself. No. Not being strong in that situation, but be strong in the Lord. Every one of us as children of God We must be growing stronger in our reality of who we are in Christ. Every day is an opportunity for us to grow stronger in our identity as children of God. So we are supposed to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And that word power or um, a power has to do with dominion in the Greek It gives an idea of exerted power. So it's not just having power, but learning how to appropriate the power of God in your life, in situations, and in your calling as an individual. It has to do with mighty deeds. So Paul is actually encouraging us to go to war, not just to be a group of people who are passive, but we are aggressive in pushing back darkness. You know, one of the things um, this week, I went to a minister's conference, and one of the things that they were talking about was having the boldness to speak the truth as ministers. And one of the things um, this minister was saying is that if you don't speak the truth, the truth of the word of the Lord is light. If we don't speak the truth, we are allowing darkness to prevail by default. So the church cannot be passive about anything. And so this morning we were talking about um, this and Sue was highlighting some issue about abortion. And I said to her that, you know, many of us will not speak up. But we're supposed to. This is part of taking responsibility of the power of God inside of us. Because we have... uh, Allow the culture to influence us. You know, I've heard things where people say, oh, no, no, don't say these things because you create controversy. That is part of the work of the Antichrist to oppose the truth of God. So as believers, we're supposed to be exerting this authority and power, and Paul is encouraging us to do so. 
And it says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And the word might, again, has to do with the force to uh, overcoming immediate resistance. So the words Paul chose in there, they're quite strategic. They're not just words. The word might has to do with forcefulness in overcoming immediate resistance. And in this case, he talks about we're not fighting against flesh and blood, principalities, against powers, against rulers of this darkness, against spiritual host of wickedness. We're supposed to be advancing with the light of God and releasing that light and resisting the influence of darkness. We're not supposed to be passive. No. The church is not a passive group of people. Jesus Christ is not passive. If you, if you go back and you be honest with just reading about him, he was not passive. He didn't do things that was politically correct. No. In his time, you couldn't, a rabbi couldn't engage with women. But he spoke to a Samaritan. Jesus was not a passive person, no. He was not politically correct. And during the conference, one of the things a minister said was, to be politically correct is a demonic thing. It's, a, it's, it's what James, James did, a comparison between two kinds of wisdom. One that comes from heaven, one that is earthly. And then he says, it's demonic. So as believers, we're meant to stand our ground and push back the influence of darkness. There is no light in the world. Now listen to this. There is no truth. The world does not have any hope. It's just going to go into deep darkness and accept the church and the reality of who we are in Christ. We rise up and we bring that light intentionally. It's not just going to happen. If we just, oh, yeah, yeah, this has got none, you know, nothing to do with me. No, it does. Because you have power. And with that power comes great responsibility. Verse 11, Ephesians 6, 11. Paul says, put on. Put on implying responsibility. Responding to God's authority and power. He says, put on. Put on. Put on is an active word. Again, it's an active word. When you put on the armor of God, and the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God, I wrote this down somewhere. Let's look at that. The whole armor of God, there are two words. In the Greek, it's two words put together, P-A-S, which is the word, the English word every, and then the other word is haplon, which is the word weapon. So in the Greek, the whole armor of God is talking about a complete set of defensive and offensive armor or weapons. So it's a weapon. Everything that we need to wage successful warfare, it is the full resources that the Lord gives to the believer so that they can successfully wage spiritual warfare. And in this case, we have the victory of Christ. So Paul is saying that put on the armor of God. Take advantage of the power that God has put inside of you. And so this again is responsibility. It doesn't happen by us being passive. No. We have to be active and intentional 
in engaging the armor that God has given to us. Putting on the armor of God, meaning that you put on truth. You put on the light of the word of God. You know, the Bible says that once we were darkness, now we are light. And somewhere also Paul talks about putting on the armor of light. And to stand against the deception and the confusion that is coming against us. You know, one of the challenges that I I was really challenged by this is to, again, you know, not be passive in what we think about so many things. You know, I was thinking about it this week and in in the issue with uh, all these sort of gender stuff and um, same-sex marriage. Most people say, oh, yeah, why are you guys constantly saying that? It's because within the culture... They are trying to get people to accept it through uh, political manipulation. That's a dangerous thing. Because a time will come that evil will be called good. And so for those who choose not to accept that, you can be classified as a, someone breaking the law. This week, um, there was a, a thing, a petition that was being signed uh, and it was for a restaurant, Chick-fil-A. It's, I think it's an American restaurant. And uh, it's a Christian. I think it's whoever owns it is a Christian. And um, in, in the petition, it, it says that uh, there were some um, LGBT, LGBT um, activists who are protesting against the company. And because of that, the, the, the space they rent for their uh, shop, the, the owner doesn't want to renew their tenancy. And it's because they, they've taken a stand as a company um, on the fact that marriage is between uh, a man and a woman. And, you know, I remember seeing it and I, th- I, I just thought, this is wrong. And, and the church must know this. This is wrong. It's injustice. And the thing is that, I mean, as I thought about this, in my mind, I thought, God, in the church, people are not even united about this. Now, that is in itself dangerous. Because if we're not united around the truth of the word of the Lord, then we will not be able to propel the power of God to resist the influence of darkness. I remember when, um, I think when they sort of um, enshrined the law to enable same-sex people to get married, there were a lot of Christians who celebrated. And it's not against people, but it's against Scripture. It's very clear. It's so clear someone has to help you to miss it. And this is part of what we are called to stand. You know, Paul talks about that we may be able to stand, establish, hold up, sustain. We we may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. The word wiles is the word methodia, which is what we get the word methods. 
which means well-crafted trickery. Do you know, the reason why we have to stand so strong, I tell you what, Satan is so cunning, and our passivity is a ground for him to progress. You know, one of the things that um, really hit me uh, months ago when I was thinking about uh, church and I was thinking about our rhythm of life in terms of prayer, and I, and I just started thinking, like, God, how come we're not just baptized as people in prayer? How come, you know, um, tr- prayer has become a drag? And the more I thought about that, the more I thought, okay, this is a demonic resistance in the church. This is so important for us to realize. And I'm not just saying this because I'm just observing things. I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting through scripture and I'm thinking, okay, God, how come? Because you see, when the church gets into prayer, it's, it's, it, it's able to wield the power of God. Anyone who prays as a believer, boldness comes from the place of prayer. It doesn't come from your education, no. You know, as a pastor, I know I love to study God's word because of who I am. I love to position myself for God to teach me that I can teach. But I know that my boldness and confidence only comes out of the spirit. And so boldness comes when we step into that place of prayer. And we need boldness if we're going to stand on the word of the Lord. So Paul talks about standing so that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. And in verse 13, he says this, take up, therefore take up, again, take up the whole armor of God, talking about taking responsibility again. It's calling us to take that armor. That armor is truth, it's light, it's love, it's peace, it's joy, it's purity, it's holiness. It is the very nature of God himself. He says, so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And the word withstand, withstand, okay, is the same word that was used in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 10, and in James 4, 7, I'll read that. 1 Peter 5, uh, verse 9, it says, resist him firm is the same word withstand. The word resist him, he's talking about the enemy. He says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And then he says, resist him firm in your faith. So the word resist him is the same word that is used as withstand. And then James 4, 7 says this, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Again, is the same word resist, is the same word withstand. But this word withstand, now listen to this for a moment. This word withstand is a military term. It was a military term that was used in classical Greek. It means that to strongly resist an opening. It means to, I love this one, he says, it means to forcefully declare one's personal convictions where they unswervingly stand, to keep one's position. 
It's a military term. It's not a passive term. So that means that the church should be able to stand on the truth of God's word and refuse to allow anything to shift us. And in the culture that we're in, you know, most people don't have that confidence. You know, I look at how most of the young people, they're growing without resilience inside of them. And if you don't have resilience, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for everything. And Paul is saying that we should make a stand. That word also means to properly take a complete stand against. To establish one's position publicly by conspicuously holding your ground. Refusing to be moved or pushed back. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. So again, that term withstand, it's not just talking about you standing. No, it's talking about you moving forward. It's talking about us taking the truth of the word of the Lord and living it and speaking it in love as individuals and corporately as a body. Now quickly, now how then do we put on the armor of God? Firstly, we must acknowledge that we have already put on Christ. <laughs> Let's look at Galatians chapter 3, 26 and 27. We'll finish with that. Galatians 3. Does someone want to read that? 26 and 27. Amen. Now, did you hear that? He said, you have. No, you will have. You have already. You have. It says, for... For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. So as a child of God, you are, it says you are all sons of God. And um, the word son here is not a uh, masculine word. It has a meaning to it, which highlights that it, it talks about the nature of God. It talks about having the nature of God, the likeness of God. So it says, um, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, uh, to be baptized into Christ is not physical baptism. It's not being baptized in water. To be baptized into Christ is to be born again, is to receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior. To be baptized into Christ is what Paul talks about in Romans 18, that with the mouth we confess and with our hearts we believe and we are saved. That is the baptism into Christ. And he says, if that has happened, if you are born again, then you have put on Christ. So that means that you have walked through the last few months, possibly not knowing that you had an armor. 
and weapons around you. You have the presence of God. Whenever we get into a place where we feel that we're lonely, it is Satan trying to get us to take our eyes from the reality that we have these weapons. So how do we put it on? It is by acknowledging that we have already put it on. (laughs) Yeah. And you see, this is what Satan comes to check in your life. Satan studies every one of us. And one of the things he's looking for is a little bit of a doubt. When he finds that, oh, is he, is he or she sure that she's got the armor on? Is, is he or she sure that they, they have peace? They have joy? They have the presence of the Lord with them? Are, are, they, are, they, are they aware that God has put everything under their feet? And I'm convinced that Satan knows that most of us, we're not aware of this truth. Most of us do not consistently think of the fact that he has put everything under our feet. And that's what Paul is trying to get us to do with this text. Put it on. Acknowledge that you already have it. It's not when you become a super saint. No. For some of us, maybe you might think, oh, yeah, my pastor and these few guys, they look like they've got armor on. No, it didn't. It didn't. It says all of you. It says all of you who were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. So that means every one of you, you are equipped with the same weapons that I'm equipped with. So we have to acknowledge, and you have to learn to do this every day. You have to wake up in the morning and say, Father, thank you that I have the armor of God. Thank you that I have peace. I have joy. I have holiness. I am holy. I am righteous in you. I am an overcomer. I have victory over this situation. You must acknowledge that. And secondly, we must renew our minds by engaging the mind of Christ. Now, we don't think that way by default. So now we have to take the word of the Lord and teach our thinking. Tell your mind that, hey, I'm not lonely because God is with me. He said, never will I leave you nor forsake you. So I know he's here. Maybe you can't feel it, but I know. And it's taking this truth and renewing our mind with it. Next week, we'll look at the word of the Lord. But finally, he said this. He says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having put on your feet the preparation of the gospel. He says, above all, take the shield of faith. Now, Paul is highlighting all these things. But I remember God showing me this. He said to me, whenever you see these things, I'm trying to show you that this is what I have given you. It's not that you're going to go to a place and go and find the sword of the spirit. I'm going to Tesco to buy a sword of the spirit or I'm going to Rome. No. God is showing us that I've given you these things. I want you to take this word and renew your mind by telling your mind that you have gathered your waist with truth. You have put on the breastplate of righteousness. 
you have the gospel of peace. You have the shield of faith. You have taken and put on the helmet of salvation. And you have the sword of the spirit. And then finally he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That is where this armor is deployed from, from a place of prayer. So Paul is encouraging us to take the armor of God, to take the peace, the joy, the grace, the love, the holiness, the wisdom of God that we already have in Christ Jesus. And so this morning, I want to highlight the fact that we have this power inside of us. And we have the authority to use the power of God. We have to acknowledge that we have that power. And as we get into the word, as you read scripture day in and day out, the Holy Spirit will train you. He will train you. As you get into prayer, prayer is the only space you get to train in the use. And and Hebrew talks about the skillfulness of the use of the word of the Lord. It is in that place in the army when we have to train how to use uh, weapons. We don't walk about in town just picking targets and shooting people. No. They are designated place we go and train. And in the atmosphere of prayer, and as we get into the word of God, as we fellowship, we share the word of the Lord amongst each other, we allow the Holy Spirit to train us. And so in summary, this morning, God has given us power and authority. Also victory over Satan, over the kingdom of darkness, over every problem. We have seen it. The Bible says he's put everything under our feet. Now, what we need to do is to acknowledge that, is to thank God for that. And we need to renew our mind with the word of the Lord. And we need to get into the atmosphere of prayer. And into the word of the Lord so that the Holy Spirit will train us. One of the things I started realizing is as a Christian, we all find ourselves in unique environment. Okay. So how maybe one believer will overcome a situation might not be the same way you would. Because you're in a unique situation. And this is why relationship with God is so key. Because God will tell you what to do. In that particular unique situation. He would tell you exactly. There are things God have told me specifically about a specific situation. And that is why we get into this place of prayer. Where Paul is saying praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So let's be on our feet. In summary, we have this power. We have this authority in us. We also have the victory of Jesus Christ. Let's close our eyes. Father, thank you this morning for your word. Thank you that you have equipped us. You have given us your very nature as our armor. You have given us hope and joy. You have given us peace. You know, I sense that uh, there could be some of us here, maybe in situations that uh, has been lingering on for a long, long time. That the Lord is saying that put on the armor of peace. Put on the armor of peace. 
this uh, morning. Put on the armor of peace this moment. Put on the armor of peace. We have that peace. Acknowledge that your peace doesn't come from that experience. No. Your peace doesn't. Peace doesn't come from uh, anything. It comes from the Lord. He himself is our peace, the Bible said. Peace doesn't come from, you know, finances or anything material. No. The peace of the Lord, the peace of Jesus um, is what gives us peace. Put on that peace. Acknowledge that peace. It doesn't matter how chaotic it looks on the outside. Wake up every day and say, I have peace in Jesus' name. And I refuse to give up. I refuse. I refuse to be moved by this situation. Say this after me. Say, in the name of Jesus. I have the full armor of God. I have the peace of God. I have the joy of the Lord. I have the strength of the Lord. I have the power of God. I have the holiness of God. I am an overcomer. I am victorious in Christ Jesus over every plan of the wicked one against my life against my family in Jesus name thank you Lord so Father this moment I thank you I thank you Father for our fellowship here Father thank you for your call on our lives corporately here Father thank you that you're building tenacity inside of us to be a church that stands and endure in these last days to stand on your truth to live and to speak your truth in love to refuse to succumb to the precious that is around us Holy Spirit, thank you for inner strength right now. And I declare that we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The Wessex Christian Fellowship, we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let that power, O oh God, overwhelm every one of us. Let that authority overwhelm every one of us right now. 